Hey there, Poe listeners. Let's take a quick break to talk about pay.com.au, a game changer in the payment solutions arena. Are you a business owner bogged down by a cumbersome payment process and you no reward points? Well, pay.com.au has got you covered. With their platform, you can process payments faster, easier, and with better rewards than ever before, earning points with every business payment. Whether you're paying invoices, employees, your BAS statements, or simply looking to manage your business expenses more efficiently, pay.com.au is your go-to platform. Turn your reward points into business class flights or gift cards to incentivize and retain your staff. Check them out at pay.com.au and take your payment game to the next level. Welcome to another Principal of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning to this episode. Principal of Hospitality has been developed to tell the, tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's show. In today's episode, we had the pleasure of chatting with Tom Norton, the General Manager of Waste Ninja. Now, Waste Ninja is a leading waste management service provider dedicated to helping businesses in the hospitality industry streamline their waste processes and minimize their environmental impact. Such an important topic. Hey, Tom, how are you? Good, John. Thank you for having me on. Fantastic to have you on, especially as we've been in chats for, I feel like, since the start of this year, really. I think even before that. Time's a flat circle these days, but I think it's been a while, yeah. Isn't it just melds into one to really have you (laughs) on this conversation because... You know, sustainability is a really important topic in the industry. It's a really important topic that we're passionate about at Poe and really want to talk about it today. So it's it's great to have you here. Let's sort of start out by talking about if someone doesn't know what waste injury is, like what do you guys actually do for waste management in the hospitality field? Can you give us sort of an overview of what you guys are doing? Yeah, sure. So the, the easiest way to describe it is that we are a very, very unique combination of consultants and, and garbos, if that's the way you want to put it. So we help businesses implement, manage and and measure their recycling programs. Our goal really is to bring as much transparency to the waste management process as we can. It is an industry that in the past hasn't been transparent. People mm. don't really know where their waste is going, what's happening with their waste. And there's actually some really incredible stories to tell around processes, the technologies that are coming to the market at the moment in how we can actually maximise our diversion and get the most resource out of what we typically call waste at the moment right mm-hmm. so how that happens in practicality when we come into to a business we have a look at what's happening from a waste management perspective there and we put a plan in place that's going to increase the diversion as, as much as possible so that's looking at what staff training we require what recycling separation systems we might need in place so how that works practically is we will go into a business we'll review their, their waste management process mm-hmm. and have a look at what we can put in place to start increasing diversions so whether that's separation systems what staff training needs to be in place what's coming into to a kitchen or front of house and how we can divert that as much as possible Mm -hmm. from a a operational perspective we then give you bins we send trucks very much like a, a pretty standard waste operation the big difference for us is that we ensure that 
all recycling streams we're picking up are going to the correct processes. So we have partnerships in place across a, a range of waste streams. Unfortunately, and, and a lot of hospitality owners will know this, not many people know where the waste is going at the moment and, and what trucks are taking things where. So we, A, want to let staff and venues know what we're doing with the waste, but also share the story of the, the processes as well. So, and, and we can get into a bit of that and, and what that tech looks like. The domestic recycling market in Australia has boomed the last five years. It's needed to. So sharing those stories with, with staff and with customers as well. And then on the back end of that, we have our own reporting platform. So all trucks that come to collect waste have scales on them. So we know the exact amount of waste of each waste stream that's coming out of a venue. We've got an online portal. So that actually shows recycling performance and improvement opportunities, as well as some operational things you need to know as a business. So part of our role is to be an ongoing support in that space. We don't deliver bins and leave. We're, we're, we're annoying. We're with you every <laughs> step of the way to, to make sure we're tracking what that performance looks like and where we can see improvement across contamination, composition rates, recycling rates, recycling trends. So we are an annoying partner in the process, but we think a, a really valuable one. Have you noticed over the period of time that Waste Ninja has been around that the type of businesses that now ask for your services has changed? Yeah, it's an interesting one and, and probably not one we, we saw coming. We thought, and for some background, we initially started as an organics recycling specialist and we thought that would be really that hospitality market, right? Cafes, restaurants. Since we've extended out our waste streams, interestingly, commercial property seems to be where we're getting a lot of, of business and clients, office buildings. Now, there's some regulatory reasons for that. There are sustainability accreditations that these buildings need. Sure. Our reporting platform provides the data they need for that. But look, across the board, it's interesting the appetite for sustainability is now coming into the fore. Hospitality has probably been a bit slower than than most in that space. And I think there's reasons for that. We had a small virus go around for a couple of years <laughs> that, and people were trying to keep their, their head above water. But we're now seeing more and more that that's coming back to the forefront in terms of even that hospitality space. I know three, four years ago, we were banging people's door down trying to tell them about this. It's mm. becoming the opposite now where people are approaching us on it. So it's an interesting space. How, do you, how did you come into work with Waste Ninja in the first place? Like, was this a, something you were super passionate about before? Interestingly, if you told me... 10 years ago, I'd be talking about bins every day. I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> I was probably in a similar space to, to most people. I tried to do my bit and recycle where I could, but would not consider myself a, a passionate greenie in any stretch. I didn't even know, <laughs> show my ignorance, I didn't even know that businesses paid for waste. I knew nothing about it. I knew that I put my bin out the front at home and they would come and collect it. And I thought the time was free. I didn't think about my council rates. My background is, is in marketing. So worked for across various agencies sort of in my early and mid-20s, worked in commercial real estate marketing, so for buildings in the CBD. So think of your marketing campaign. If you're selling a house or buying a house, you might have a brochure and a sign out the front. Mm. We did that on steroids because these were big assets, sort of think trying to sell the realtor, right? So sure. it was making wow. videos with choppers on them and we had an enormous <laughs> budgets uh, and all sorts of stuff that we were running these campaigns and... One day I was asked to if I wanted to do a tour of one of these buildings. So it was, what was it, 500 Burke Street, actually, in the city. And they said, you want to do a tour of the waste room? I said, no, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I don't care. But they, they got me down there eventually. And in there, there was actually a food waste processing machine. And I spoke to the, the maintenance guy there. And I said, what, what is this? I don't understand what this mm. does. He started talking to me about the importance of food waste recycling. 
I knew nothing about it, right? I knew nothing about the effects that food waste had. I never put a second thought into it. I went down a deep, deep rabbit hole <laughs> and started <laughs> looking into this. And it's the effect that food waste has in landfill is unbelievable, right? Mm. So the problem with it is when we put food waste in landfill, it creates a greenhouse gas called methane. Methane's 30 times more potent than carbon dioxide. To put that from a, a micro level, if you were to fill your wheelie bin at home with food waste and track it to the dip, same as driving from here to Sydney, mm. right? And at the moment, we're putting 7 million tonnes of food waste into landfill. So that's about 3 million cars on the road. It's enormous, right? So I went home, had to think about this, went to my rabbit hole and said to my very understanding and forgiving wife, I'm going to quit my quite cushy <laughs> role wearing a, wear nice clothes and uh, go be a garbo. So worked for, wow. uh, yeah, worked for a company called Pulpmaster. So they do... They're a large food waste processing machine, so a big maceration machine. They are suited really to, to really large environments, so airports, shopping centres, things like that, and they cost a lot of money, so they're yep. not accessible to a lot of businesses. But I wanted to make a bit more of a difference, and I saw how many small businesses were looking for a solution for food waste. And unfortunately, most waste companies don't want to be in that game. They don't want to send more trucks out. They don't want to deal with it. So again, I started looking around and ironically saw, heard on a podcast. So Darren, who's the founder of Waste Ninja, similar background to me, had no experience in waste. He was a finance guy for airlines and had a similar coming of age moment that I did. I contacted him directly and said, I'd love to come and work for you. And that was about four years ago now. And here we are. Sorry, very long version. of things, No, that's a really good version. It yeah, gives me a yeah. really good understanding. What, what was, when you've come into the business, like what was the most eye-opening thing? Even though you were down this rabbit hole, obviously had a really good understanding before you started joining the team. Yeah, what was your sort of biggest eye-opening experience, obviously, you know, supporting the hospitality industry? For me, it was the waste industry in general. <laughs> I, when we started approaching customers in all fields and their feedback was, yeah, I've been asking for this for three years. My waste company doesn't offer this doesn't want to do that we initially tried to partner with some waste companies around this there's not an appetite for it and unfortunately if we're going to solve the problem the people that are going to be taking all of our waste away need to be involved in it i liken it to trying to go on a diet and asking ronald mcdonald to to help you there <laughs> the fact that there, there wasn't an appetite in the market for it from a supplier level was was pretty shocking and that's where you want to fill that void for clients yeah for sure what do you think are some of the main the common hurdles that you get with hospitality venues, because there are obviously really several challenges in regards with getting getting the waste stream right in hospitality. From my own experience, trying to do a fully circular kind of experience with the salad brand that I was working with, mm. to try and get that up and running and me crossing my fingers and hoping it was going to the right place, like I actually went to where the trucks went one day to make sure that it was... God, that was hard. We've had stories of, of some larger commercial clients of ours putting trackers in their bins <laughs> to make yes. sure that it's going to the right place. And look, there are challenges. I think the biggest one for most of our clients and the thing we hear most is, I just don't know where to start, right? It's, it seems like it's a 100-pound gorilla. What we try and make clear to people is that you don't have to do everything all at once, but let's make small incremental changes. If that's one more waste stream that you're recycling, let's do that. And let us manage that side of things. I think, you know, business owners have enough on their plate as it is. Mm. Everyone wants to do the right thing or most people want to do the right thing. It's a matter of how do you execute, how do you implement. So what we really want to do is be that, that partner there that can take care of that. And also how, how do you engage? Look, staff is, 
is a big part of that. We've had a lot of clients that had what we call a sustainability warrior at one point in time, the person that's the, the bin Nazi who makes sure mm -hmm. people are doing the right thing. It's not sustainable just to have one person yep. driving that. And it's why we've developed this reporting capability. We want to keep us accountable and we want to keep our clients accountable. And part of that reporting is actually showing where the waste is going and what's being done with it. So very quickly that conversation turns from, hey, we've set up this system, you need to do it because we told you to. This month, as an example, one of our providers turns food waste into electricity that powers houses, goes to the Victorian Power Grid, right? Wow. We can track how many houses are being powered for a day based on the food waste coming out of the kitchen. That story really shifts quickly from, all right, my manager said I have to do this, to, wow, well, okay, I've powered 10 houses for a day, right? So yeah. we think information's power in that space and how you engage staff in the process and to set that system up so that it is, it's sustainable. Whether you've got turnover, whatever's happening, you continually have that program in place where people can engage with the program you're trying to do. Is there, to use a consultancy term, is there any sort of low-hanging fruit that when you go into a hospitality business, no matter if it's a cafe, a pub, a restaurant or whatever, that is sort of the thing you guys focus on first in order to try and get the venue excited about what you guys are doing? Organics. Always organics. So, A, as you said, it, it's a quick win. It's low-hanging fruit. From a hospitality standpoint, there's a lot of organic waste coming out. Well, hopefully some are getting less and less, but yep. that is going to have the largest impact in terms of what your diversion rate is because it's really heavy waste as well, what your emission output is because – Methane is, is, is horrific in landfill. That's the one that we've, if you take nothing else away from this, find a way to divert your organic waste out of your landfill. Yes. Other things are incremental, right? But that organic waste is 100% is where we need to focus. Is there one part of the industry which notoriously will have more waste than others? Maybe not their own fault, but just this, that the way it is? Like does the fast food industry usually generate more waste than maybe a suburban cafe? Like, have you guys sort of looked at those kind of metrics yet? Yeah, we found we're doing a lot of work in the, the hotel space at the moment. So doing a program with a large hotel brand, buffet breakfasts. Interesting, of yeah, course. That just yeah, makes complete yeah. sense. People yeah. load up these plates mm -hmm. or whatever conference it might be. Mm -hmm. they, their eyes are bigger than their stomach. So they've got an enormous amount of wastage and it's frustrating for them because it's uncontrollable waste as well. So if we're looking at back of house, there's things we can do to control that. That front of house is always more difficult to manage. But yeah, interestingly, buffet <laughs> breakfast is the one. So just take one cross on at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> do you find that when people start start working with you, especially with their organic waste, usually comes down over a period of time because they would get more, they would actually think about their waste streams in a deeper way. So therefore the thought is to not over-purchase or, you know, really think about their products rather than just chucking in the bin or using products that have a bigger waste stream? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and not only organic, general waste as well. So you can almost gamify this because we can see every month what your volume's looking like from every waste stream, mm. what your waste composition is. So it mm -hmm. can become that competition. And it's one of those things you, you don't know until you know. Yes. Right? Yep. And it's, it's so invisible. People throw things away and they never think about it again. To have a graph each month that's showing you what the trend lines are, mm -hmm. it, it does change behaviour really quickly. And we have a lot of clients that it does become the game. So we've got, uh, we've got to, sorry, I'll start again. Yep. 
our reporting dashboard has it's very graphical and you'll see the general waste is red and others is green, yellow, blue, whatever it might be. The game is to get that general waste as low as you can and get that red down so it can become uh, a, a real game for, for most of our clients. Yep. So, yeah, you, you'll definitely see the awareness of what waste is going anywhere becomes heightened as well. Yeah, 100%. And I want to talk about those dashboards and, and the different gamifications in a second. I really want to talk about packaging. Let's talk about packaging. What is your feeling on packaging at the moment, especially as we're thinking about compostable versus sustainable? Like there's so many, there's so much greenwashing that's happening in the industry yeah, at the bi- moment around bi- packaging, biodegradable, yep. bi- like all these different things. What's your feeling on how we, how venues can really understand what they need to do about those particular waste streams in the industry? Yeah, look, and we're a long way from finding a solution to that. We were just talking about off-air. Compostable packaging has been the bane of our existence the last 12 months as an organics recycler. The issue, we'll go through compostables first, the issue there is is the regulation. So regulation was written about 10 years ago for what's considered home compostable and commercially compostable. So all the compostable packaging that's been made at the moment is within those regulations. The problem with those regulations is that they were made 10 years ago when the technology was not at a place it is now. So they were made for composting facilities that had a 12-week cycle process. Now there are many, many different technologies to, to compost, we'll call it compost, but to process different food waste. So as an example, we use a process that uses anaerobic digestion. So extract that methane that would typically be found in a landfill, convert it into electricity, send it to, to the Victorian power grid. We have another processor that uses black soldier flies. So a little bit more disgusting, but think of your house flies at home that they have no mouth parts that don't spread disease. They've got a billion of these sitting internally and they farm them. Wow. Their larvae can go through a 10 tonne of food waste a day and then from the insect protein they can create pet foods and fertilizers as well right so really interesting technologies the problem is they weren't made for compostable packaging on the other side of that compost facilities that are still in victoria they've got about a four to six week cycle so they're having a lot of trouble processing compostable packaging different states are different as well so it becomes more complex so Mm -hmm. i know south australia i think western australia will accept compostable packaging in Victoria, we're having less and less facilities that are accepting it, unfortunately. And the problem with the the market is that a lot of people have gone out and bought this thinking they're doing the right thing without understanding that the regulations changed and the processing has changed in that space. We battle with this all the time. What we try and encourage is a lot of programs now coming into place in terms of returnables. So there's Returner, there's, there's Infinity Box, really understanding what packaging needs to come out of it your venue is it necessary if it is cool what are some alternatives we can use there isn't a great solution <laughs> yet but I'll, I'll send you some links to some some really good sites that are trying it so i know infinity box for example they have a pool system so that multiple venues can have the same takeaway containers that can be shared amongst the venues and and, and consumers the problem with that as well is they need scale yep. right they need yep. venues on board yep. otherwise it, it falls down so it's it's a constant challenge that we don't have a good answer to, <laughs> Yes, unfortunately. Is there a reason why, like the two methods you talked about, about breaking down food, if those are such good methods, which they sound like they're incredible, why are those not being adopted by every council, every state, so we can do that at scale? Why great organisations like yourself 
doing these things and doing them obviously to the scale that you can, but we don't have a national initiative around this in order that how we actually deal with waste. I'm just so confused why waste is so confusing. Yeah, yeah. And it's state-based and it's processor-based, right? So the facilities I spoke about, they do not have capacity to deal with one council, let alone multiple council <laughs> collections, right? They've got capacity. They're new tech. They need to be really diligent about how much waste they can accept. We're lucky enough that we're known in this industry. We've got good partnerships and we can bring this waste in. But there'll be days where they'll come to us and say, hey, we've just got too much today, <laughs> right? It needs to go somewhere else. Wow. Composting facilities, it's a more more established technology. They've got larger facilities, obviously. They can handle much more capacity. So that tech is definitely developing and growing, but it's about growing scale and capacity. It will happen. It's, it's just a, it's a matter of time as well. There needs to be with some more government initiatives in that. I know the Victorian government have started what's called the Recycling Fund. That's essentially what they've done is put a landfill tax there's always a landfill tax every time we, we take something to landfill there's a, there's a tax associated to that that's gone up 60 percent the last two years wow to pay for domestic recycling infrastructure so it's coming but these things do take time and that tech to develop as well it's also it's an interesting space because we essentially were, were horrific in domestic recycling until Five years ago, most things went out to China. Mm. Overnight, China cut that off. It's called the National Soil Policy. And we, as a country, realised, okay, we need to either stop just burying things in, in our vast <laughs> land or we need to start getting domestic infrastructure in place. But these are, you know, think of the tunnel projects that are happening at the moment. It's, it's similar, right? It, yep. it, it takes time and, and funding and, and, and resource to, to get these going, but they are coming. If you were to look at just one piece of packaging, takeaway packaging amongst venues, which is the most problematic, my gut feel says it's coffee cups. Yeah, your gut feel is correct. Okay. Do you know how long the average coffee cup travels? No. 50 metres. What? The average takeaway coffee cup travels 50 metres. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why is it such an issue to compost or recycle? Obviously, the wall lining inside the actual coffee cup itself. Correct. So it's the lid and the, and the lining inside. Right, so the lid cannot be, again, it's state-based and it's processor-based, but lids can't be recycled in any way, so they need to be in landfill. They're not the right plastic. And then the cup itself, it's cardboard and then film-lined in the middle. It can't be separated in the process. So there are some companies that are, are looking to do it. You would have seen like Simply Cups if you mm. go to your 7-Eleven. So yep. they shred and separate the cup itself. Okay. The problem they face, again, is there are just lids all through the, the the collection yeah yeah and it's it's one of those ones that we have the most confusion about as well because it looks it looks pretty recyclable yeah <laughs> you yes. look at it yeah but unfortunately it, it's not there we always recommend if we can get people to bring their own in have returners there, there's other options yeah compostable packaging and disposable coffee cups are again the bane of my existence <laughs> I can't imagine the sorting facilities. The industry has really witnessed an increasing emphasis on sustainability and waste reduction. Like how have businesses really responded to this and how are you guys supporting them in their sustainability goals, Tom? Yeah, so look, probably the most important thing to note is if we were doing it all correctly, we probably wouldn't exist. So <laughs> the first step in that is, as you said, reduction. I think a lot more of our venues we're seeing are becoming a lot more conscious of that. 
what they're doing in terms of their systems, that how waste is getting in the bin in the first place. So talking to suppliers, to looking at packaging, how we minimise that in the first place. And then we think and where we come in is, okay, if we can't absolutely reduce it to, to nothing, what can we put in place to make sure the resources we're using in a venue are going to be repurposed into whatever we can make them be repurposed into? As I said, the way we like to do it is, is to gamify and to get staff involved in that process. And look, that has a wider ranging effect. It means your your customers are hearing your story, your staff are hearing your story. We hope they they take that home as well. We can tell the story of these facilities that are doing these incredible things. Mm. It becomes an education piece in that space. Now, we know that sort of effective waste management and talking to you today like involves obviously data analysis, identification, decision-making. How do you guys measure the waste management performance? You talked about dashboards before. You talked about the gamifications today. Can you talk us through that a bit more detail so people have a visibility of like what they can expect? Yeah, sure. So as I said, our collection model is very similar to what you'd, you've seen in the past. A, a truck will come in and, and collect the waste. Difference is we have commercial grade scales on all of our trucks. So every bit of waste is measured. It's sent into a data warehouse that we've developed that then provides an online reporting portal. So that is a website that can be accessed through anyone at a venue or a portfolio of venues. Mm. That gives five or six different reports that you can look at in real time. So as we collect it. Wow. Yeah. So one looking at your recycling performance. So that will show month on month what your recycling rate is based off weights that are coming out of your site. So typically someone might say, oh, I've got the yellow bin, the red bin, I'm recycling 50% of it. Mm. It's, it's not the case. Mm. And, and that's eye-opening when you look at organics because it's so heavy and dense as well. If you can get organics into those recyclable streams, you'll see how much you're actually recycling at a, at a true level. That will also show what your waste composition is. So what percentage of what waste stream is coming out of your, of your venue and then what that looks like month on month as well. We have an ESG report, so based off the weights we're taking out from each waste stream, that will show your landfill diversion, your emissions reductions. We put that into to a stat that's easily digestible, so how many cars you've taken off the road for a day because nobody understands what mm. 465 kilos of CO2 equivalent means. Yes. And then we, we display recycling outputs. So based off what we're collecting, how many houses are being powered for a day, how much pet food is being produced, how much fertiliser is being produced, how much water has been saved if you're, you're recycling your cardboard? How many trees are being saved if you're recycling your cardboard? There's all these outputs that we can put into to tangible measures for people and that's where we find the best engagement with staff. Staff is always the biggest challenge in making sure the system works because yep. they're going to run the system essentially. So that provides a really great platform to go to staff and engage. That training that we've done up front is solidified by actually being able to give really tangible quick edits to quick bites to these uh, to staff members as well we have contamination analysis so what has typically happened in the past is that people might set up some different recycling streams it all gets taken away every time you never hear whether it's contaminated or not mm -hmm. that's a problem because if you're not hearing it's contaminated there's a very high chance it's not going to any processing facility it's mm -hmm. going straight to landfill mm -hmm. and it's typically the question i ask our clients is have you ever been told about it and they typically say no and my next question is are you just incredible recyclers or have you never had <laughs> a contamination event it happens right so we track that on our dashboards so there's notifications that are sent to the venue when it happens there's a picture that will show them what the problem waste stream was it can be rectified as well so we always say we're not going to take it yet 
if you think you can get it out, do it. Otherwise, we will collect it as general waste. If that happens, we then track on our on our dashboard how much contamination we're seeing each month and what are the problem waste streams mm. because that is where your improvement comes from. Once staff know what the problem is and no one wants to do the wrong thing, it's a lot of people just don't know and there's only so much training you can do up front. Once you actually know what's happening on site, that's when you can start making improvements. So that's been a really powerful tool that we've included in the last sort of six months that can that's where you see the most improvement and that from that we do a what if recycling rate for you so what your recycling rate would be and what it well, what it would be if there was no contamination and what it is now smart and let's move that gap between the two right and then some operational things how many bins we collected how often we collected them whatnot things you need to know but from that that gives our team a really good idea of what the waste picture looks like we can then come back to you with suggestions what we think we need to improve on what we think we need to focus on some venues want us there doing that some look at it and want to take charge of it and say look thanks we've got all the information we need how that works is up to up to our clients but if you can't if you can't measure it you can't manage it and again bringing that visibility to it and and you'd be surprised as we touched on how engaged staff get once (laughs) once the recycling rate drops or you know Mm. you've got a spike in in particular waste stream they start looking into it going what's happened how like it's it's actually really interesting yeah so we've found it to be yeah the most powerful tool in, in helping clients initially when we set this up we just put the system in place and collected the waste and made sure it went to the right place this has brought a whole new level to it in what we can actually help our clients achieve and what they can achieve like what they can actually look at and know what's happening with the with the waste profile for sure that's awesome when when you start out with a with a new client, what kind of training do you do with the staff to make sure that they really have good visibility and understanding the whole program? And then I really love a tip into how to make sure that once it's implemented, it actually stays along that trajectory of of being consistently done. Obviously, the the dashboard and the information you're providing you just talked about then plays a role in that. But how do we make sure that you know these great habits continue to be continued on? Yeah, from a training perspective, we always want to start with the outcome in mind. So again, to walk in and say, hey, we've changed it. This is the blue bin, this is the yellow bin, you're doing it because we told you to. To give them the overall picture of what we're trying to achieve, how we're trying to achieve it, tell the story of where this waste is going and what those outputs are, that starts to engage people. We've got a range of... Sorry, All right. We've got a range of signage and collateral that, that goes with that for staff as well. And then drilling into to correct use. So we've tried to simplify that process. If we were to give you a list of everything that's recyclable and everything that's not recyclable, it would be as long as, as, long as my arm. Mm. Make it super graphical, super easy, and so that someone in the middle of service can compute. And sometimes we'll even minimise that. So we might even you know, eradicate milk jugs or whatever it might be from a process to say, hey, we're better off getting 80% of our recycled material that's not contaminated than to get whatever, 100% that, that is contaminated. So simplifying it as much as possible and being really pragmatic with the venue as to what's going to be sustainable for staff as well, right? So do we need to stage that out? Is it better just to focus on prep in the back to start with? I'm sorry, phone call. Yeah. Is it better to start with... with prep at the back for the kitchen staff or do we want to go front of house so we're always conscious of making it as accessible for staff as possible as you touched on the it's easy to break down if staff aren't 
in and involved and part of that is explaining to them we want to find out what works for you as well so it's going to work for for all of us and then <laughs> it sounds basic but to keep it in place it is it's accountability it's uh, i've got a crazy personal trainer if i don't rock up <laughs> at my stupid 4 30 a.m class i get a phone call yeah Jesus. I know, it's crazy yeah well wow. the one-year-old so that's the only time <laughs> okay. i can do it Fair enough. i get a phone call saying what's going on we're pretty much the same with our clients so yep. we, we've got a few of our account managers who, who monitor that and look at it for our clients it's accountability and big brother is watching i love <laughs> it all time. that's awesome yeah 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 Finally, like if, if there was a way that, you know, the governments, whether it be state government, whether it be council, whether it be national government, could make the job that you guys do easier, what would be the number one thing that you'd love them to evolve or change? Yeah, it's a good question. And from a waste management perspective, it's very separated in terms of what state government councils are doing to, to mm. what we're doing in the, in the private field. Yeah. For us, it would be... Look, funding in that domestic infrastructure, right? We're always looking for more processing partners. They're hard to come by. There's huge capital involved in that. That's where we're going to see the biggest change. And it's happening, but it's happening slowly. Government needs to be more accountable in making sure these facilities are available and accessible. Yep. It, it's a odd space in that local councils have a monopoly, but they've got the priority there because they've got a lot of ways to get rid of, and that's what, what the government focuses on. And You'll hear a lot in the news about when they talk about recycling, they're talking about household recycling. Yep. There isn't as much focus on on business recycling as well, right? So that's where we need to see more and more development is in these actual processing facilities, funding these new technologies, making sure there is money in place for the smaller guys and the bigger guys so that we've got more and more options that we can go to and expand network. Love it. Tom, what's the best way that people can find out more about Waste Ninja and get in contact with you guys and, uh, yeah, have you look after them? Yeah, so jump on the website, so www.wasteninja.com.au. You can have a look around there. One of the team will be able to help you out. You put a request through and we'd be happy to help. Fantastic. As always, linked up in the show notes to this podcast so you can check them out. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thanks again for choosing to this. God's sake. <laughs> Thanks for tuning to this episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one, especially such an important topic about sustainability and about waste management. As we continue to evolve this hospitality industry to make it even stronger, waste management is the missing link that we really need to concentrate on. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. That's how we can keep doing what we're doing every single week. So we really appreciate you sharing along or leaving us a review or a star rating. It all benefits who can see us first. Until next time, stay well, everyone. Hey there, Poe listeners. Let's take a quick break to talk about pay.com.au, a game changer in the payment solutions arena. Are you a business owner bogged down by a cumbersome payment process and you no reward points? Well, pay.com.au has got you covered. With their platform, you can process payments faster, easier, and with better rewards than ever before, earning points with every business payment. Whether you're paying invoices, employees, 
your BAS statements, or simply looking to manage your business expenses more efficiently, pay.com.au is your go-to platform. Turn your reward points into business class flights or gift cards to incentivize and retain your staff. Check them out at pay.com.au and take your payment game to the next level.